0: This is an AlertUSA Threat Journal, Homeland Security Weekly Update for Saturday, July 15, 2023. This week in security news. On four occasions this week, Alert USA subscribers were notified via SMS messages to their mobile devices regarding a variety of safety and security matters. Most important for this report. On Thursday afternoon, Alert USA subscribers were informed that President Joe Biden had signed an executive order approving the mobilization of up to 3,000 reserve military personnel for service in the European Command's area of responsibility. This first tranche of reserve personnel will augment active-duty armed forces already in the region as part of Operation Atlantic Resolve, a multi-nation effort to bolster the eastern flank of the NATO alliance following Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The move comes shortly after the end of a two-day NATO summit in Vilnius, Lithuania. Since February of last year, the Department of Defense has deployed or extended well over 20,000 additional forces to Europe in response to the Ukraine crisis, adding additional air, land, maritime, cyber, and space capabilities, and bringing the current total to more than 100,000 U.S. service members across Europe. Listeners are reminded that just last week, in the run-up to the Vilnius summit, NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg unveiled three new regional defense plans that counter the main NATO threats, which are Russia and terrorism. The plans cover the Atlantic and European Arctic, the Baltic region and Central Europe, and the Mediterranean and Black Sea. Quoting Stoltenberg, To execute these plans, NATO was putting 300,000 troops on high readiness, including substantial air and naval combat power. And now they're starting the mobilization of reserve forces. Something big is coming, folks. In addition to responding to Russia's invasion of Ukraine, another major topic on the schedule this week were the growing threats to NATO from the Indo-Pacific. Here's Jan Stoltenberg addressing the issue while responding to a reporter's question during a press event. Uh,
1: Yonhap News Agency, lady in the third row. Yes. How will NATO engage more in Indo-Pacific security regarding China and North Korea? And how will the partnership with Indo-Pacific partners develop in the future are you planning to invite them next year too? A very strong and clear message from this meeting, and especially the meeting we had with our partners this morning, uh, the, uh, the Indo-Pacific partners, Australia, uh, Japan, uh, South Korea and New Zealand, uh, is that uh, security is not uh, regional, security is global, uh, and therefore we really have to stand together. Uh, China's. Uh, Heavy investments in new uh, military capabilities demonstrates that. Uh, We expect that China by 2035 will have 1,500 nuclear warheads on missiles that can reach North America and the whole of Europe, NATO territory. Um, We see how China is coming closer to us. uh, this is not about NATO becoming a global military alliance, but this is about uh, recognizing that this region faces uh, uh, global challenges and the rise of China is, uh, is a part of that. and that China is coming close to us in Africa, in, uh, in, in, in the Arctic, but also uh, trying to control critical infrastructure, and of course we see them also in, uh, in, in cyberspace. So therefore we have... Um, uh, Now, different uh, uh, tailored programmes with all our uh, Indo-Pacific partners, describing different areas. But it's very often, also it's partly about cyber, uh, countering uh, countering disinformation, uh, maritime security. There is also Japanese staff uh, at uh, at NATO's. uh, maritime headquarters in uh, in, uh, in, um, in in Northwood, in the United Kingdom. Uh, uh, so we are working on different practical ways of uh, of uh, working together, including by participating or, or participation of Asia Pacific or Indo Pacific partners in our uh, cyber exercises. So we are gradually expanding what we are doing together, simply because uh, our security is interlinked, uh, and uh, and just a recent. Uh, Uh, a missile launch of uh, North Korea uh, demonstrates that, because that's of course a challenge to the region. It's a threat to to the region, but it's also undermining global uh, peace and stability, Uh, the the North Korean uh, missile and nuclear programs and uh, and the launch we just saw uh, 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 yesterday."
0: In speaking of the Pacific, Last week, the International Atomic Energy Agency gave its approval to Japan's plan for releasing millions of gallons of so-called treated radioactive water into the Pacific Ocean. More than 1.3 million tons of contaminated water, enough to fill 500 Olympic-sized swimming pools, has been collected in large tank farms set up at the plant since a 2011 tsunami destroyed the station and triggered the world's worst nuclear disaster since Chernobyl. This week, John Lee, the chief executive of Hong Kong, said the city, which is Japan's second largest market for agricultural and fisheries exports, would immediately ban aquatic products from a large number of Japanese prefectures if Tokyo goes ahead with the water release. China also criticized the plan, accusing Japan of treating the ocean like its private sewer. Beijing has already extended a ban on seafood imports from at least 10 Japanese prefectures and is also implementing additional measures for residual radiation screening. Most curiously, the European Commission and European Council announced this week that they are lifting Japanese food import restrictions put in place following the Fukushima incident. The EU announcement comes after talks in Brussels, attended by Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida. Here in the US, the Food and Drug Administration is responsible for the safety of all fish and fishery products entering the United States from foreign sources. Keep in mind, this is the same FDA that was responsible for assuring the safety of vaccines as well as approval and restrictions. Of different therapeutics during the pandemic. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration operates a highly respected seafood inspection service for processors and importers, both domestic and internationally, though their programs are voluntary and provided on a contract basis. No date has been released for the start of the discharge operations, though some published reports indicate the process could begin within weeks. Alert USA is closely monitoring the topic and will notify service subscribers when the date for the start of the discharge operations becomes available. Turning back to the home front, once again, listeners are reminded that the Department of Homeland Security has a National Terrorism Advisory System Bulletin, in effect, warning that lone offenders and small groups, motivated by a range of ideological beliefs and personal grievances, continue to pose a persistent and lethal threat to the homeland. Quoting from the bulletin, both domestic extremists and those associated with foreign terrorist organizations continue to attempt to motivate supporters to conduct attacks in the homeland including through violent extremist messaging and online calls for violence. In the coming months, factors that could mobilize individuals to commit violence include their perceptions of the 2024 general election cycle and legislative or judicial decisions pertaining to political issues. The bulletin continues, quote, Likely targets of potential violence include U.S. critical infrastructure, faith-based institutions, schools, racial and ethnic minorities, and government facilities and personnel, including law enforcement. Caution and vigilance are urged. Links to the full end-task bulletin can be found in the weekly Threat Journal email newsletter. Next up, in travel security news. On Thursday, Alert USA subscribers were notified that the State Department released an updated travel advisory for Israel, the West Bank, and Gaza, warning of the ongoing threat of terrorism, civil unrest, and armed conflict. Alert USA also once again reminds listeners of a U.S. State Department worldwide caution currently in effect, warning of the continuing threat of terrorist attacks, demonstrations, and other violent actions against U.S. citizens and interests overseas. With this in mind, those listeners planning travel outside of U.S. borders to include Mexico and the Caribbean would be doing yourself a favor by checking out the U.S. State Department's travel website, as well as that of the CDC, for safety, security, and health considerations for your destination. In addition to U.S. government travel guidance, it is also highly useful to visit the equivalent websites of the Canadian, Australian, and U.K. governments to see what those nations have to say about your destination, as the content of security assessments can vary widely. Links to those foreign government sites can also be found in the weekly Threat Journal email newsletter. Finally, Alert USA also recommends international travelers take a few minutes to register your trip with the State Department's Smart Traveler Enrollment Program, so you can receive important security updates directly from the U.S. mission in your destination country. All of these resources are easy, they're free, and considering the increase in tensions and violence around the world, these simple steps could actually save your life if you just avail yourself of these tools. If you would like to receive Homeland Security-related threat and incident alerts on your mobile device, such as those mentioned in this podcast, visit alertsusa.com. AlertUSA continues to monitor the overall domestic and international threat environment and will immediately notify service subscribers via SMS messages and email of new alerts, warnings and advisories, or any other factors which signal a change in the overall threat picture for American citizens as events warrant. This has been an AlertUSA Threat Journal Homeland Security Weekly Update for Saturday, July 15, 2023.